Hello and welcome to another episode of the Try Lawyer Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Try Lawyer Podcast. I am your host, Casey Arbenz. How are you guys doing? It's been a while. Uh, it's my bad. I've been a little preoccupied with a few things. And uh, just being a little bit out of triathlon personally for a month or so, six weeks, and focusing on work. And part of my job really is to do this podcast. And I'm, I'm a little disappointed in myself. Um, we set up these things called KPIs, Key Performance Indicators, that we implemented at our firm a few months ago. And I loved it. One of my KPIs, one of the four things I had to do is record a podcast every month, or I'm sorry, every week. And uh, we had this major revolt from our staff at our office. And so, because we had good employees who were really disgruntled, and in the words of Michael Scott, we want our employees to be gruntled, um, we went ahead and scrapped the the KPI program for the time being, and it's going to come back. And we're going to roll it out in a much more thoughtful way. But the point is, I stopped doing my KPIs. And the podcast, you know, became lower and lower on the priority list, even though I love it. It's kind of my, other than working out, it's really my best kind of time to myself to reflect and, and talk about things and think about things and kind of work through things. And I love preparing I don't spend a ton of time, as you can probably tell, preparing for the podcast, but I, I spend some time and I enjoy it. So I've got a few things on my plate. Uh, man, Kona's sneaking up on me, though. It's you know it's on October 9th, and here we are on August 14th, and I got some work to do. And I I have been training, uh, run some good distances the last couple weekends. I ran 15 miles. I ran like 11. 15 and 13 the last three Sundays. I'm going to run tomorrow, probably probably 13 again. I'm, I'm putting a little more volume than even my training program for Coeur d'Alene. It just, I find that those lat, those extra few miles, I think really make a difference. And I go slow. I don't even care about my pace. Sometimes it's 12 minute pace. Sometimes it's 10 minute pace. Sometimes it's 9:45. Just kind of depending on how I'm feeling, but. I feel like those extra miles, even at a really slow trot, are, are well worth it. So, um, so I've been doing that, and I did my first fairly long ride, a three-hour ride, last Sunday or Saturday, and I'll probably do that on Sunday um, in a couple of days here. So, doing that, been swimming a lot. My, my swimming numbers are great. Been swimming uh, more in August than I have in any other month so far this year, and. Um, I am going to, you know, keep logging the long stuff, but but, but Kona's coming quick, and it's funny because you, you train so hard for something like Ironman Coeur d'Alene, and you're so focused for such a long period of time, and then you finish it, and you go through kind of that, what I, my last podcast was about, that sort of, that depression, that come, I guess it's a come down, feels a little bit like a depression, just because you're at such a high, and then you kind of have nothing immediately to look forward to. Athletic-wise, you put on a few pounds, you just feel a little more sluggish. You're not as motivated. And um, I still worked out basically every day, but it was mostly just like recovery stuff. 
and I wasn't all that inspired. And so then ramping it back up and getting excited to do uh, Kona, but it's it's here, and I, <laughs> I feel a little bit like there's nothing I can do. I just can't do enough to be ready. Just got back from Atlanta. Uh, I'm actually just flew in today, tonight, and driving. My family have been very blessed. One of my absolute dreams in life was to have a vacation home, and it's come to fruition. We bought a, a vacation house on Lake Chelan in, in eastern Washington with two of our very good friends, and we closed on it last Friday. And it's not quite done yet, but it's got a certificate of occupancy, so we were able to stay there and doesn't have paint on the outside, and there's a number of things that need to be finished in the house still. But we uh, we all went over there uh, last Friday, and for two and a half furious days, we put furniture together and you know got rid of all the trash and boxes and unpacked a million plates and dishes and all the stuff to, to have the house be ready to go. And um, it's amazing what four adults can do if you just put your head down and work, even with four kids also. And uh, so now we've got a vacation house, which is awesome. So I went over there on Friday, drove home Monday night. My family stayed behind because they're going to stay for like about 10 days. And so I went, had to go home, be at work on Tuesday. Got home at like midnight. Still got up and swam, though. I was proud of myself. I uh, got up and swam Tuesday morning because I knew I'd only get in one swim this week because I had to leave for Atlanta on Wednesday morning at like my flight was at like 8.30, so I had to be up and out probably, too, you know, just definitely too early to even catch a workout. And, and kind of by design, I took Wednesday and Thursday off just because I hadn't really taken a break in a while. My legs, I was starting to feel a little bit of just general fatigue from the long miles on, the, on my runs. And so took those days off. I uh, did a little workout today. On, so I, our, I was at a conference, uh, this group, business group I'm involved in with my law firm, which is awesome, and I'm going to talk a little bit about it tonight uh, on the podcast. But it was an awesome conference. Um, but it's tough to it's tough to find a time for a workout because you know you go from the West Coast to the East Coast, you lose three hours. So like you get in. Um, usually I would go to the gym, but we got in at like 8:30 and we were hungry. So my partner Dan and I went to and we went to uh, we had a reservation. Uh, some other lawyers and these are all big shots it's cool they're great guys you realize successful people I mean whether whether they're you know a-holes deep down or not they, they, most of them seem to have one thing in common and that is the ability to be gregarious and friendly and fun and so maybe maybe or at least trial lawyers which is most of these folks but uh, they're just so fun and generous and so we went to this steakhouse called Howl's, had a great meal, I mean, I had a great steak, and, um, you know, obviously some drinks and stuff, and so it was late night, got home at, like, 1 or 2, East Coast, and then, you know, have to be at the conference for 9 a.m., and I, I just couldn't get out of bed, I just, three-hour time lost, so I kind of knew it was going to happen, so I just accepted, right, dude, you're going to take a couple days off, and so today, though, we wrapped up about noon, actually, it was about 1, and my flight was at 5:40, so it's like I got some time, and so I would manage to procure a couple passes to LA Fitness, you know, downtown Atlanta, and uh, took an Uber there, and 
I'm changing in the locker room. I realize I don't have a towel, so and I have no lock. So I'm like, you know, I'm in a pretty populated city, LA Fitness. So I can't. I'm not gonna just put my luggage and my wallet and all that stuff in a locker that's not locked. And so I, um, thankfully, it's a, it was a cool facility and a big, big deal. And uh, I went to the spin room and there was nobody else in there, so I had it to myself. So I just brought my luggage in with me and, and did my workout. I did an hour, pretty good hard hour, trying to make it a quality session. Uh, and then the, some of the attorneys that I was with gave away some swag. And so I had a couple of t-shirts that were larges, so they're gonna be a little big on me anyway. So I used those as towels. So <laughs> these people at the, at the LA Fitness were like, who is this idiot? He's like carting his luggage, in and out of the locker room, bringing it into the showers showering with no towel, drying off with t-shirts, <laughs> and then put his clothes back on. Um, so that's what I did, and I uh, got on the plane, flew back to Washington, to Seattle, and got in my car, and now I'm driving, uh, doing this podcast, back to Lake Chelan for a couple more days of family fun. I can't wait to see my kids and my wife. I miss them. Yeah, I miss them a ton. And so I'm uh, going to do that, and i um, going to get up tomorrow, probably first thing, and run knock out a couple hour run, 13 miles or so, and, um, and then I'm going to put my phone down, and I'm going to enjoy some quality family time, it's about 105, it's a little smoky, but, uh, you know, this is my dream, right, this is a, this is the vacation house, the dream, and I want to be there as much as I can, and so I'm just jazz driving over there right now, and kind of pinching myself how lucky I am to, to be able to do this, and to live this life, and to be around all these cool people. And, and that, that's kind of what I want to talk about in, in the podcast is, so this group I'm with, it's called Crisp, uh, it's Crisp Video, and, and the, the company initially started by making videos for, I think for dentists and lawyers, and then they, they moved just into the lawyer space only, and, you know, most, most good law firms with good websites have some videos on their firm, and they're all, you know, they're all a little similar I wouldn't call them cookie cutter, but it's usually a little profile of the lawyer and his or her background and, and, um, maybe, or maybe a, a couple lawyers in the firm or whatever. And so, uh, about two years ago, we, you know, we put in a pretty substantial investment into making these videos and, uh, we're really impressed by the company and they approached us and said, look, you know, we're, we also have a business coaching side. It's called crisp X and it's invite only. We only bring in the firms that we like and, and the ones that that clearly have a growth mindset. And that that was the reason I left my old firm. Um, and it wasn't I loved I loved the guys I worked with. I still love them. And I think I've talked about it. It was, I mean, it was the hardest thing I've ever done, which says a lot about what, what a good life I've had. But it was it was an established firm with really good lawyers and. Um, but I was kind of low man on the totem pole and I think I was going to be that for quite a while. And I was seeing all these other law firms who really kind of, they weren't nearly as good of lawyers as the guys I was working with, but they're, they're killing it and they're growing. And, um, and so my, my now partner, Dan and I talked and kind of made this vow. And he said, look, if you, if you make the change, we'll go all in on this. Well, the sky's the limit on what we're going to do, and we're you know we're going to challenge each other, and we're going to we're going to try to take down the the big boys and be, 
become, or at least become one of them. And so one of the things we've done is join this group and it really holds you accountable. There's conferences every quarter and I'll admit sometimes I just, gosh, already I got to go back to Atlanta for another conference. And, uh, so we, so anyway, Dan and I went and, uh, I realized how fortunate I am when I get there because I see these lawyers, I'm starting to get to know a lot of them, you know, you see them once a quarter and you just start to develop a relationship and, you know, a lot of socializing, you can go out, go out to dinner and stuff. And so we go to this dinner on, on Wednesday night and it's several heavy hitters and uh, have a great, have a great time together and, um, go to the conference, spend all day. So from 9am till about almost 9pm, we're all working and we're in a, you know, there's probably 25 total lawyers there. And we do small, great breakout rooms. So you get some FaceTime with everybody. And, uh, one of the lawyers there is Mark O'Mara, who was Trayvon Martin. In the Trayvon Martin case, he represented George Zimmerman and, and won the trial. And he's a tremendous trial lawyer. And um, a guy named Alex Shinara, who, if you are in the South, in the United States, um, he, put up, he put up billboards 20 years ago. Call me Alabama. Call me Alabama. And... <laughs> put them everywhere and just put them one after another and owned the entire billboard space in the entire state and grew his firm. Now he's in 10 or 12 states, one of the biggest plaintiff's lawyers in the, in the country. And he's just a good dude. I mean, he's just a great guy and tells these remarkable stories. And his whole thing is you got to bet on yourself. You know, you got to be willing to get out of your comfort zone. And he said, you know, for years it was, why are Alex, you're, you're hitting home runs on these cases. Why aren't you keeping all your money? Why, why do you keep putting up billboard after billboard? Like, you have enough. Everybody already knows you. And he just had this vision of who he was and that he was going to continue to bet on himself. Uh, and he did it. And it worked. You know, and he just has continued to grow. And he fundamentally believes that he's never worked a day in his life uh, because he loves this stuff. So... So I'm here at this conference with all these people, and um, they always have a, a guest speaker, it, or almost always have a guest speaker. And the speaker this time, I knew in advance, is a guy named Tim Grover, who you may recall from the Last Dance documentary. And I don't know if you, any of you have seen that, that uh, documentary about Michael Jordan. Got a lot of acclaims on Netflix, and it was about, it documented the, the last... Um, championship the Bulls won uh, with Michael Jordan and it's just absolutely incredible and I think even if you don't love sports you you would like it and if you like sports you'll love it and if you're like me who grew up as a kid idolizing Michael Jordan like probably every kid in America did during his you know his run um, it'll it just brings back so much nostalgia and, and then I, I found something new, and I've talked a little bit about how I've grown to really admire certain athletes and others, but athletes in particular, Tom Brady being one of them, just for his absolute commitment to success and his work ethic and just <laughs> kind of making us old guys realize, like, we can still do stuff. You know, we can keep plugging away, and we can be as good as, as anybody else, you know, with, with true dedication, like true dedication, not just talk, but actually doing it and so um watching this documentary about michael jordan he he answered 
my question about pre- being mentally present. I've talked in other episodes about my biggest struggle in life, and I think it's I think it's an epidemic, really. But my wife and I talk about it all the time. We're both busy lawyers. We've got growing practices. We've got a lot on our plate. But we want to be there. We want to be present when we're with our kids. And it's so hard with phones and distractions and stress to really focus and, and live in the moment. And the thing that I saw in Michael Jordan in that, um, you know, when, as they were kind of showing all this old footage with him is how present he was in everything he did, mentally present, meaning, you know, if he's signing autographs, you watch, you watch athletes sign autographs today and they're, they're, they're not even looking at people. They're just one after another, after another. Whereas Michael Jordan would like, if he was signing autographs, he was, he was there. He was with the fans. He was signing autographs. He was looking people in the eye. He was cracking jokes. He was engaging them when he'd walk in the locker room and, you know, be talking to the security staff. I mean, he was, he was talking to him when he was in practice, he was in practice and he was practicing. And when he was in a game, it was give me the friggin' ball. I'm here to play basketball and I got nothing else on my mind. And so here we are at this conference, Tim Grover comes out to speak and he, he coached, he trained, he was Michael Jordan's personal trainer for 15 years. And then he went on to train Kobe. And I could talk a little bit about Kobe, what he told us about Kobe too. And, um, anyway, so he's a, read a couple books and he gave us a signed copy of his newest book winning. And I've read about half of it now and, um, I, I want to finish it. But I, I got generally the gist just from you know his speech and then talking to him after. But I, I was like, I, I knew I wouldn't be able to resist, and I didn't want to, you know, take away from his message about winning and try to kind of ask a, a kind of a more a question about Michael Jordan. But so much of his speech was actually about the mental focus of winning, and so you know he's, he he uh, concluded his speech and asked if we had any questions, and I, I mean I. I about sprung out and usually I'm kind of shy in those situations I don't always like to be the first guy to talk or even one of the guys to ask those kind of questions but I was the first guy I jumped out of my chair and said Tim I've got a question and I said exactly that you know my takeaway that was most significant for me in terms of you know my personal growth and my desire to reach you know the sort of self-actualization and all that was Michael Jordan's ability to be so present in his life in all things. When he's with his family, he was there with them. And um, and he he said, you know, that is a great question, and it's one that I get asked a lot. And he said, it's exactly what you think. Michael Jordan was the master of living in the moment. And he walked through what I just said. When he was playing basketball, he was playing basketball. If he was with his family, he was with his family. If he was signing autographs, he was signing autographs. He didn't. He didn't let all the distractions of being a multimillionaire, you know, a, a, a spokesperson for all his products, a person who has to talk to the media. He didn't let that stuff get in the way of what he was doing in that moment, because he didn't want to do anything half-assed or fifty percent or, or whatever. And so it's been great for me. Like I've been thinking about it for the last couple of days and I'm inspired by that, inspired by other messages. And, and, you know, I, I like to keep these podcasts 
15 or 20 minutes long. And so I may do another one where I'm going to talk a little bit about Kobe Bryant and, and, and Tim Grover's book about winning. And while a million things to take away from that, and it's all good stuff, I, I do have a slightly different take on, on it about winning and, and what it means to me um, as I kind of find that the more successes I have in life, um, and, and to be honest, there have been a lot. I mean, I've, I've got a ton to be grateful for. Um, it doesn't mean that much to me. I have to say, uh, I love, I, 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 I actually don't even know if I can say I love winning. I think I just love the process. I love the work and the focus and the, the betting on myself because Kobe Bryant, you know, the, I'll, I'll, I'll do I'll save it for another podcast, but I'll just say it as a, as a little uh, tease. Kobe Bryant said when asked, give me one word to describe winning then there's a whole bunch of different answers that people have given. And Kobe Bryant was everything. His answer was winning means everything. And I just don't agree with that. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that much to me because when I win, I don't feel really anything. And it doesn't mean everything to me. The process, the work is what means everything to me. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that in another podcast, but, um, I, Again, apologize for the delay over the last few weeks of not having a trial or podcast, but we're not going away. Uh, coming back, I have a number of enthusiastic listeners. I've had several people reach out to me and say, what the heck, man, um, where have you been? And so I do apologize about that. Um, so until next time, this is another episode of the Trial Lawyer Podcast. Live from the road to Lake Deland, and I did miss my turn, which if I fumbled a little bit there in the middle, uh, that was why. But now I'm back, and uh, I'm doing this song, my electric night music, uh, as I drive. So, uh, see y'all next time. Be rude. <laughs>